Blog Talk Radio. And now, Geico Saving Stories. Russell Burton closed his laptop, having just switched his car insurance to Geico. He didn't think much of it until... Savings were everywhere. My pockets, uh, wallet, bank accounts. It was like the savings were following me. Following, indeed. All because of an innocent 15 minutes on Geico.com. I feel like I'm never alone. Geico. Spend 15 minutes and 15% or more in savings could be following you. K-I-R-P Radio!
Good evening. You're listening to the KIRP radio show. Last Friday night of the month with your guest host, Rocco P. Tonight is special because it is also the last Friday night of the month outright, not just of the show. May 31st, 2019. Tonight we'll be talking about the prevaricator-in-chief, Donald J. Trump. When we talk about politics, the temptation is normally to just discuss people or personalities. And, of course, I named the show after the president, and I gave the title correctly, the prevaricator-in-chief. We have to back up, really, and consider the big picture. In other words, not just that you know Trump lied because he's a politician and why, why that is. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we have to back up and you know, think about the the reason why not that politicians lie, but to some degree why we the people accept that uh, people accept that all politicians lie uh, pretty much uh, at all levels and about everything. And of course, Pete, that would be qualified. People would say, "Well, they all don't lie the same way. They don't lie at the same time. They all they all don't lie about the same things." But the perception is, you know, largely ingrained in voters in in the United States that, you know, uh, is accepted really as like to use the word presupposition that politicians lie. I'll give you an example about how how this prevalent mindset. Uh, just how pervasive, how widespread it is. Uh, my late uncle and I were having a discussion about 9-11, uh, the false flag attack, greatest false flag attack in uh, U.S. history. And uh, I discussed simply uh, a, few, a few facts. And what I said was we both acknowledge this was the greatest domestic terrorist, terrorist attack uh, in the United States. Yeah, there was no contest on that point. And I said, we both realized, too, no one at any level of government was convicted of any wrongdoing, no criminal negligence. Furthermore, no one at any level of government, we're talking about all of the federal intelligence agencies, not just but including the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, all the military intelligence uh, organizations or agencies, NORAD, the North American Air Defense, the Pentagon, no one was not even held accountable for criminal negligence. No one even lost their job. And when I stressed to my uncle that, you know, my perspective, and I just said 9 11 was an inside job. It was a false flag attack, one, one and the same. Uh, when I said that to my uncle, his response was, he was, he was a Vietnam vet, you know, you know older than me, uh, been around the world. But his response was simply, well, that, that's just the way government works. And, and there's something deeply wrong with that mindset, and this is why not to just focus on Trump, but we'll, we'll get back to the prevaricator-in-chief. But this is part of the reason why things are so horrifically bad politically and then because of the social implications of the politics when people have the mindset that we just have to accept the fact that that is how government works, that uh, people lie and they aren't held accountable. I'm going to quote, give you a quote from Edward Bernays. I'm going to go through a few quotes to lay the groundwork to basically explain part of the reason why this is, why this is. And I've said before, I'll say it again, that you know, voting is largely the illusion of choice. John Whitehead would say it's the illusion of participation. In other words, you participate, I, I mean, but he's saying it's the illusion of participation because the outcome is irrelevant, the same policies continue. That's why I say it's the illusion of choice. There isn't a real choice. Uh, I've said it before that if, if Hillary Clinton was elected, the same policies that Trump has uh, endorsed would be you know, well underway. The only difference would have been this, that 
Hillary was so despised by many in her own party. Of course, there were many establishment Republicans that, that didn't do despise Trump. But because it was a well-known and proven fact that she stole the nomination in the DNC, yeah, in cahoots with her, helped her steal the nomination from Bernie Sanders. She was terribly despised. So she would have been far less powerful from day one had she been elected than Donald J. Trump. Trump is dangerous because he is a fake populist. In other words, he was largely elected because of the support of independents and you know, disgruntled Democrats. And uh, <laughs> that it's, it's a very bad situation because, again, even though the policies are the same, Trump had a fake mandate, even though he massively lost the popular vote. Getting back to Bernays' quote from his book, Propaganda, which is still in print, first published in 1928. Edward Bernays, quote, The conscious and intelligent manipulation of the organized habits and opinions of the masses is an important element in democratic society. Those who manipulate this unseen mechanism of society constitute an invisible government which is the true ruling power of our country we are governed our minds are molded our tastes formed our ideas suggested largely by men we have never heard of this is a logical result of the way in which our democratic society is organized vast numbers of human beings must cooperate in this manner if they are to live together as a smoothly functioning society in almost every act of our daily lives whether in the sphere of politics or business, in our social conduct or ethical thinking, we are dominated by the relatively small number of persons who understand the mental processes and social patterns of the masses. It is they who pull the wires which control the public mind. Now, Bernays says, I, I agree largely with what he said, but not completely. Notice he says about the manipulation, this is the logical result, the way in which our democratic society is organized. No, no, it's not. It's the logical result of the fact that mankind is inherently sinful and power corrupts people. That's what's logical about it. We could have a quote, democratic society, in other words, uh, the government of the United States is a constitutional, republic, constitutional democratic republic. Pure democracy is mob rule. That's, that's horrible government. Uh, but we could have a very good and coherent and uh, just constitutional democratic republic without manipulation by the power elite. But that's not what we have. To give you an example of what he said when uh, he's saying in almost every act of our daily lives, whether in the sphere of politics or business and our social conduct or ethical thinking, we are dominated by the relatively small number of persons. Here's a great example directly involved Bernays. Did you ever think in the States why the uh, the idea that uh, a great type of breakfast or a traditional good wholesome breakfast is bacon and eggs? Did you ever think about that? All right. The reason I mentioned Bernays is this. That was a marketing campaign that he came up with for a company, I can't remember the name, because studies had been shown at the time when that, that campaign came out in the early 20th century, the American breakfast was very light. So this company wanted to basically sell more, and Bernays, you know, as the so-called father of public relations, came up with this idea to create the perception through the media, through advertising, that bacon and eggs should be a good breakfast. And lo and behold, you know, that's persisted now, you know, close to 100 years. Here's a quote going back to American founding father Thomas Jefferson. Here's another quote. Experience has shown that even under the best forms of government, those entrusted with power have in time and by slow operations perverted into tyranny. Tacitus, Roman historian, writing in the Annals of Imperial Rome, wrote, the more corrupt the state, the more numerous the laws. Uh, here's, here's a great example of that. You could look at the, the complexity and the length, the volumes that have grown in the IRS code. Now, of course, the IRS, you know, it's not constitutional like 
you know, taxing income is not constitutional. Income was originally defined as nothing more than corporate profit, not individual income. In any case, when you look at the expansion of the power of the IRS, a lot, a lot of that has to do with the expansion of the tax code. And studies have been done where different accounting firms were given the same numbers, allegedly, you know, of the same person do their tax returns, and they get different answers because the tax code is that is that horrendous, complex, and uh, just far too long, far too many, far too many tax rules and laws. I've mentioned before about Dr. Carol Quigley. Carol Quigley was an Ivy League trained academic, taught for many years at Georgetown University, Roman Catholic Jesuit University, known for the international relations program. Surprise, surprise, when you realize, you know, the significance and the influence of the power of the Jesuits behind the scenes. But Quigley, as a historian, wrote a number of books, and his magnum opus was over 1,300 pages, this book called Tragedy and Hope. Among other, other people, uh, Quigley had influenced or mentored was Bill Clinton, incidentally. But in Tragedy and Hope, uh, Quigley had some excellent quotes when he basically, this book was written for the elite and eventually was released to the public. I'm not sure all the reasons how that happened, but I'm going to give a few quotes from Dr. Carol Quigley to understand you know, how how the public, how and why the public is manipulated. In other words, what the real power structure is that we have this horrendous two-party system whereby the same agenda is accomplished regardless of who's elected. Here's a quote from uh, Tragedy and Hope on page uh, page 950. And this was first published in 1966. There does exist and has existed for a generation an international Anglophile network which operates to some extent in the way the radical right believes the Communist Act. In fact, this network, which we may identify as the roundtable groups, has no aversion to cooperating with communists, with the communists, or any other groups, and frequently does so. I know the operations of this network because I have studied it for 20 years and was permitted for two years in the early 1960s to examine its papers and secret records. I have no aversion to it or to most of its aims and have, for much of my life, been close to it and to many of its instruments. I have objected both in the past and recently to a few of its policies, but in general, my chief difference of opinion is that it wishes to remain unknown and I believe its role in history is significant enough to be known. And uh, the next quote really started uh, a uh, somewhat of a, uh, a renaissance of independent political thinking in the States. Uh, the whole book did, but especially when about the quote. The argument that the two parties should represent opposed ideals and policies, one perhaps of the right and the other of the left, is a foolish idea, acceptable only to the doctrinaire and academic thinkers. Instead, the two parties should be almost identical so that the American people can, quote, throw the rascals out, end quote, at any election without leading to any profound or extreme shifts in policy. That was on page 1247 to 1248. And here's another one from Quigley. The powers of financial capitalism had another far-reaching aim nothing less than to create a world system of financial control in private hands, able to dominate the political system of each country and the economy of the world as a whole. This system was to be controlled in a feudalist fashion by the central banks of the world acting in concert by secret agreements arrived at in frequent private meetings and conferences. The apex of the system was the Bank for International Settlements in Basel, Switzerland, a private bank owned and controlled by the world's central banks, which were themselves private corporations. The growth of financial capitalism made possible a centralization of world economic control and use of this power for the, the direct benefit of financiers and the indirect injury of all other economic groups. <laughs> that was another quote from Tragedy and Hope. The Council on Foreign Relations also, one more from Quigley, the Council on Foreign Relations is the American branch of society which originated in England and believes national boundaries 
should be obliterated in one world rule established. Just you could do a little research if if you think this sounds like nonsense to you, and find out. Just look at how many secretaries of state for the United States have been members of the Council on Foreign Relations. What you'll discover is that the vast majority have been members of the Council on Foreign Relations. And I didn't pull up a video tonight, but you could find one where you see Hillary Clinton praising the Council of Foreign Relations and openly admitting on camera that she was glad they were in D.C. Or, or New York at the time so she could get direction from them. And then you could also quote Dick Cheney. That was obviously Hillary. Hillary Clinton was a prominent Democrat. You could quote prominent Republican, who was probably running the show for George W. Bush for eight years, Dick Cheney, where he said uh, he was a member and I had an executive position in the Council on Foreign Relations, and then he joked publicly and said it wouldn't have helped him with his voters back home if they knew that. So it's uh, it's an open secret when we talk about things like the Council on Foreign Relations and um, and the fact that it exists, as Quigley said, to uh, to obliterate all national boundaries. The goal is global government. En route to global government, there will be or the plan is to establish regional government, and that's why the North American Union between Mexico and the United States and Canada is so important. That's why the EU is so important. We need the power elite, or I would rather call them the New World Order. They need the regional government structure set up because that's an integral part on the road to world government. So... That's some that's some background there uh, philosophically for what is going on behind the scenes. We have a couple of callers. Uh, let me take those. Hey, don't want to keep you waiting. Give me a moment. Hello, you are on the air. Please state your name and the state you're from. Hmm. I don't want that person hung up. All right. Hello. Are you there? Uh, callers, uh, please forgive me. I was uh, I was doing the intro. I did not look the switchboard. If you'd like to, just call back in. I will get you on the air. If anyone does want to call in, I would encourage that. That number is 619-638-8559. 638-638-8559. I will get you on the air. Just have to look at that switchboard. Uh, we talk about Donald J. Trump, and uh, I did vote with Trump. I did vote for Trump. Uh, I was suckered. I was suckered. I was suckered. Uh, the reason being is that even though I know all this stuff, I still couldn't. I still let myself be manipulated. I still couldn't get past the fact that. When I thought about Hillary, Hillary Clinton being president, it, it bothered me so much, even though I knew intellectually the policies would be the same and she would even be uh, less powerful than Donald J. Trump. Caller, are you there? I'm not sure why I can't get you in. I'm not sure what's going on here. Hello, are you there? I don't know what's going on. When we look at Donald J. Trump, uh, what I think is amazing with Trump is how much the person who ran for president differed from the person who's currently occupying the White House. And I'm not I'm not saying, you know, someone stole his body. I'm basically just talking about the fact that the level of the level of deception of Trump was really stupendous. And of course, you know, Trump didn't have a good track record at being an honest man, you know, for many years in business uh before before he ran for the presidency. But you know, just the fact that, you know, his his uh what he campaigned on is so radically different than what he has done. He's basically delivered on nothing. I'd say maybe you could interpret you know, some of the China trade sanctions as delivering, but again, in the big picture, uh, trade wars could 
really be precursors to real wars. So aside from the fact that tariffs hurt people, will hurt consumers in the U.S., that's already happening. Uh, yeah, will that even be good? And uh, obviously I'm, I'm implying I, I sincerely doubt it would be good. But the, the Trump record shows the man who ran for president uh, really can't be identified with the person who was elected. They were really you know, completely different people, <laughs> totally different people. Hello, caller, are you there? Callers, I'm not sure what's going on because I see you, but I cannot seem to get you on the, on the air. Hello, caller, are you there? Again, sorry, callers, I'm not sure. Could be done this before. Hello, are you there? Not sure what's happening, callers. I am not sure. Some technical issues here at Blog Talk Radio. The disparity, again, between Trump's positions as a candidate compared to what he has done is, yeah, it's it's amazing. Uh, it's amazing. Chuck Baldwin wrote a piece. Chuck, who, who's Chuck Baldwin? Uh, Chuck Baldwin is a basically a political activist and a pastor in Montana. A little bit of background on Chuck Baldwin before I read from an article. He's simply entitled Trump, Trump Lied, published on May 16th. Uh, Chuck Baldwin basically got involved politically back in the 1980s with the moral majority. He was pastoring a church in Pensacola, Florida. He had been identified you know, for most of his ministry with really independent fundamental Baptist for the most part. And if you know anything about Liberty University, which is now a Southern Baptist school, it started as a much smaller fundamental independent Baptist school, Jerry Falwell. Jerry Falwell ran into money problems. He tried to expand too quickly. He went to debt, and then he decided to become, to broaden his position, become a Southern Baptist. You know, that's the reality. And I really don't want to get into all that tonight, but that's just really what happened with Liberty University. But in any case, Chuck Baldwin, at one point, started to examine just the original intent of the Constitution. He realized that the entire Republican agenda was complete fraud. Uh, I mean, similar to what we see today. Uh, many people have figured it out uh, previous to today. Uh, but you talk about the fact that just virtually every Republican incumbent as well as new uh, new candidates that ran for Congress ran on a platform to repeal Obamacare. And there was well over 20, maybe been 30 attempts when Barack Hussein Obama, a.k.a. Barry Satoro, was president, when uh, the Republicans who then controlled the House attempted to repeal all part of Obamacare. And, of course, they knew even if they did have the votes, it would have been vetoed by Obama anyhow. Anyway, so, and then Trump himself, as a new candidate, also promised to repeal Obamacare. If you haven't noticed, if you didn't get the memo, as they would say, Obamacare is still the law of the land. But Chuck Baldwin started to read the Constitution. He understood the original intent. And then he saw that the government we have if you understand the simple original intent of the Constitution, which is not rocket science, so to speak, the vast, vast majority of what the federal government does has no base in the Constitution. So, you know, Chuck got involved with the Constitution Party. Uh, he ran as vice president. He ran as president in uh, 2012. Ron Paul actually endorsed him, though. Dr. Paul waited after he was eliminated, after he lost the Republican nomination. He waited for quite some time before he endorsed Chuck Baldwin. I don't want to throw rocks at Dr. Paul, but that's uh, that's the that's the reality. But Chuck Baldwin then moved out to Montana from uh, from uh, Pensacola, Florida, planted a church there. And I I appreciate him as political activist. I mean, I like some of his preaching, but I think uh, Chuck Baldwin's contribution is. Trent is more as a political activist than what he does in the pulpit. Just one man's opinion. But from this from this article, Trump lied. Uh, I'm going to read some of it. 
Um, it's undoubtedly true that, and you can find this at truckbaldwinlive.com, truckbaldwinlive.com. He sells some books, has a lot of resources there. It is, and for all of his articles, he has uh, the option too. You can, um, they have a, they use some type of software, so you can also listen to it in a robo voice if you don't want to read it, or both. It is undoubtedly true that the vast majority of politicians are liars. Some, however, are more prolific liars than others. And any honest, objective, objective person, I'm basically I'm editing this a little bit, knows that John, Donald Trump takes a blue ribbon in the lying game. He lies so much he can't even play a game of golf without cheating. In a column dated August 10, 2017, I wrote a piece entitled The Truth About Donald Trump. In the column, I documented the truth about Trump's lifetime conduct. In short, Donald Trump spent his entire adult life scamming people out of billions of dollars. Trump's seven bankruptcies, which he brags about, cost investors, employees, and consumers multiplied billions of dollars. Doug Heller, the executive director at Consumer Watchdog, said Trump is, quote, the most egregious, almost comical example of the disparity between the average American face, between what the average American faces when going through bankruptcy and the ease with which the very rich can move in and out of bankruptcy. Donald Trump spent his entire adult life as perverse philanderer and miserable misogynist. I documented what I could on this subject in the column referenced above. The full account of Trump's lifelong moral debauchery could not even be reported in polite company. In short, Trump is a sick moral reprobate of the lowest order. And to just uh, just give you two examples of that, okay, it was proven Trump lied. Uh, he was intimate with Stormy Daniels. Intimate is uh, that's a euphemism. All right. He committed adultery, Stormy Daniels, Daniels. That was when he was married to his third wife. And he was involved with another woman. I believe her name was Miss McDougal. I believe she was a penthouse or a Playboy model. That There's facts out there that, that can't be disputed. And, of course, Trump's lied about it. Uh, Donald Trump spent his entire business life constructing international crime syndicates in the Jewish mafia. It's funny when... When Trump always says the Jewish mafia, I probably would have said Zionist mafia in any case. Uh, so Trump, so Chuck Bowen goes on with that, and he goes, remember the focus of that 2017 column was on Donald Trump's conduct over his entire lifespan, right up to including when he became president. But what about Trump's track record since becoming president? With his first administration more than half finished, we now have that track record. Surprise, surprise. Trump is the same kind of miserable, lying, pretending, duplicitous scoundrel he was before being elected. And then we'll go on to some of those points then. I've got some uh, some videos I will play to distribute to uh, illustrate those points. I'm going to try one more time, see if this problem's fixed. Hello, caller, are you there? I'm sorry, caller. don't know what's happening. We're going to take a break, and we'll come back. We'll drill down more into those points that Chuck Baldwin has summarized, and uh, we'll play some videos so you see exactly some of these examples about who Donald Trump is. And once again, I would stress that the candidate Donald Trump, we have not seen that guy. We just uh, That guy is no longer around. There's someone in the White House who's named Donald J. Trump, but uh, that candidate Trump, uh, he is long gone. You listen to KRP Radio Show. That stands for Keeping It Real with Pudgy Miller. And this is last Friday nights of the month with Rocco J, your guest host. KRP Radio!
politicians lying, including the President of the United States of America, same as it ever was. You know, you can even talk about someone as accomplished and remarkable as Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson, President of the United States, you know, author of the Declaration of Independence. Did you know when the Louisiana Purchase took place that violated the U.S. Constitution? That happened under Thomas Jefferson's watch. By no means, please don't think I'm equating Thomas Jefferson's character with that of Donald J. Trump. It's just a point to illustrate that people in power have lied, but we're at a completely different level now, and part of it is because it's what we, the people, have been conditioned to believe and accept. Talking about Donald J. Trump, the prevaricator-in-chief, uh, there's there's so many examples. Uh, I've played some of these before. Do you remember what Trump said before he was reelected, before what he before he was elected about the wall. Do you remember that? You know, this wall that he claims needs to be built with the southern border to control immigration. And, of course, the wall doesn't have to be built because all he could do, we know the finances, all you need to do is pass a simple law at the federal level saying that no one can open up a bank account if you're not, if you can't prove your citizenship, can't open up a bank account without two documents, a passport and a visa showing you here legally. And you also can't transfer money out of the United States unless you have a visa, a legal visa and a legal passport. Or you can, there'd be a mere 90% surcharge. But Trump doesn't want to fix it. Another major part of our agenda is immigration security. We need to protect American jobs. We need to protect American Safety. We're going to build a wall, folks. We're going to build it. Don't worry. We're going to build the wall. That wall will go up so fast, your head will spin. And you'll say, you know, he meant it. And you know what else I mean? Mexico is going to pay for the war. Hey, NBC News fans, thanks for checking out our YouTube channel. Donald J. Trump there saying, Donald J. Trump, Donald J. Trump saying the wall would be built and Mexico would pay for it. And it would go up so fast. And notice how, how diabolical Trump as well as the Republican Congress was. When Trump was elected, if you remember, that far ago, that long time, very long time ago when he was elected, uh, the Republicans controlled the House and the Senate, and no zero funding for the wall was built. The only funding that was allocated was to repair existing fencing. Zero dollars was allocated when the Republicans controlled Congress. And then Trump pulled the stunt as far as, you know, with this continuing resolution, because we haven't had a budget in so many years, which also is the responsibility, the fault of the Republicans, as well as the Democrats in Congress who control the purse. But in any case, then Trump supposedly draws a fake line in the sand with the wall after after Democrats then, uh, then control the House. But what else does Trump say about that wall? And Mexico will pay for the wall. Hundred percent. They don't know it yet, but they're going to pay for the wall. And they're great people and great leaders, but they're going to pay for the wall. On day one, we will begin working on an impenetrable, physical, tall, powerful, beautiful southern border wall. We will use the best technology, including above and below ground sensors, that's the tunnels. Remember that, above and below. Above and below ground sensors. Towers, aerial.
aerial surveillance and manpower to supplement the wall, find and dislocate tunnels, and keep out criminal cartels. And Mexico, you know that, will work with us. I really believe it. Mexico will work with us. I absolutely believe it. And especially after meeting with their wonderful, wonderful president today, I really believe they want to solve this problem along with us, and I'm sure they will. Day one, day one, that wall was, you know, was supposed to start to be built. That didn't happen, and uh, obviously Mexico can't pay for something that wasn't built. But I would stress again, illegal immigration is a horrific problem. I would point you to a piece that I wrote on my blog, paradishift.net, P-A-R-A-D-S-H-I-F-T.net. The wall controversy with these videos are there embedded. And I do stress, once again, it can be solved without spending any money. All you have to do, again, is limit those that aren't here legally or are here legally, both those who are here legally and illegally. If no one could open up a bank account without a passport and a visa, if no one could wire funds without a passport and or a visa, it's over. And we know, we know what we know what those dollars are that come out of the country. You see, Trump doesn't want to do it, so he manipulates, he manipulates, uh, yeah, the electorate. He manipulates voters. I don't want to beat up Trump anymore, and I have to because even when he was running, okay, he was asked how was Mexico going to pay for it since he was so insistent. This was from a debate before he was elected. The former president of Mexico, Vicente Fox, he said today, and I'm quoting him, he said, I'm not going to pay for that, quote, effing wall. So if you don't get an actual check from the Mexican government for 8 or 10 or $12 billion, whatever it will cost, how are you going to make them pay for the wall? I will, and the wall just got 10 feet taller, believe me. It's got 10 feet taller. I saw him make that this I saw him make the statement. I saw him use the word that he used. I can only tell you, if I would have used even half of that word, it would have been national scandal. This guy used a filthy, disgusting word on television, and he should be ashamed of himself, and he should apologize, okay? Number one. Number two, we have a trade deficit with Mexico of $58 billion a year, and that doesn't include all the drugs that are pouring across and destroying our country. We're going to make them pay for that wall. Now, the wall is $10 billion to $12 billion if I do it. If these guys do it, it'll end up costing $200 billion. <laughs> That clip was excellent as far as manipulation because not only did Trump not answer the question, uh, he also lied. He, he, he feigned, yeah, he faked uh, disgust at Vincente Fox dropping the F-bomb when there's videos out there. It's a family show. I wouldn't play them. There's videos out there. You could find them with Trump in a tuxedo at the podium before he was elected president dropping F-bombs. <laughs> this, is, this is someone who's completely fraudulent, but... Again, not just to beat up you know, Donald J. Trump. What about the electorate? All these people that are hyped on a wall when, when the wall's not needed to solve the very real problem of illegal immigration. It was clearly exposed that Trump had – there was no position paper. There was never any tangible explanation for how Mexico would pay for it. Now, of course, Mexico is not going to pay for it because there's not going to be a wall. So that was that was a classic that was a classic classic example of prevarication by Donald J. Trump. When you look at again, I'll get back to uh, Chuck Baldwin's piece. Okay, these are few, these are you know, some of the greatest hits as far as Trump's lies. Trump promised to put Hillary Clinton in jail. Quoting again from Trump Baldwin's piece, Trump lied. On the campaign trail, Trump talked about putting Hillary in jail just about every city in which he held a rally. And if you remember, yeah, people would start to uh, chant in the audience, lock her up, lock her up. And, yeah, Trump would agree and smile and laugh. But after becoming president, Trump has gushed all over Bill and Hillary, calling them good friends and saying they're good people. Of course, what he said, what he said since becoming president is true. He and the Clintons are good friends. They have been 
good friends for almost a lifetime. The good people part, of course, is just another lousy lie. Trump promised to drain the swamp in Washington, D.C. But after becoming president, Donald Trump's administration is almost a carbon copy of George W. Bush's globalist insiders. And I knew, for example, for, uh, and I'm not quoting uh, Trump, well, I knew, for example, when he chose Pence, I, it was so patently obvious that nothing was going to change in words, that, that Trump was completely owned. Pence is a total, total Washington, D.C. creature. Pence is a complete and total establishment fraud. If Trump was real, he would have never chosen anyone as vice president who was a D.C. insider, who was you know, the typical or the prototypical swamp creature. Getting back to Baldwin's piece, Trump's appointment of CFR, Council on Foreign Relations, I mentioned that a little bit in the intro, and Bilderberg Swamp Creatures. Didn't mention Bilderberg, that's a gong going now under, under secrecy in Switzerland. We just have an informal meeting of you know, world leaders, political leaders, business leaders, and others. And the media doesn't report on this going on now in Switzerland once a year. But Trump's appointment of CFR and Bilderberg Swan creatures matches those of Bush or Obama. If he gets a second term, his appointment of globalist will surpass his predecessors. And his appointment of Zionist already exceeds those of Bush or Obama. Third point, Trump promised to reduce deficit spending. What a crock of bull manure that promise was. That's a quote from Chuck Baldwin. Of course, I agree with it. Trump and his fellow Republicans have exploded federal spending and federal deficits to records never seen before. Did, did you catch that last statement? Trump and his fellow Republicans have exploded federal spending and federal deficits, deficits to records never seen before. So we're talking meaning more than Barack Hussein, under Barack Hussein Obama, a.k.a. Barry Satoro. Plus, Trump has, spear, has superintended over another serious stock bubble that most economists predict is nearing another crash. Uh, that, that is coming. Fourth point, Trump said the government, that government vaccinations of small children should stop now, rightly, rightly uh, linking vaccinations to certain diseases such as autism. And again, there's, there's abundant, abundant scientific evidence that that's true. Now Trump tells parents that their children have to get shots. He repeated, they have to get their shots. Of course, Trump lied. Fifth point from Baldwin's piece. Trump promised to get America out of these infernal, incessant foreign wars. And one thing I'll say that that, uh, Baldwin didn't mention is that Trump, to his credit, not not his miscredit, was extremely consistent for years that he was against U.S. intervention in the Middle East. So it wasn't just as a candidate that he was against that. He did, he did have a track record. He really did have a track record on that. But getting back to Baldwin's piece, talk about a whopper of a lie. Trump never, never intended to stop America's foreign wars. He may have intended, but it didn't happen. And then Baldwin quotes himself, Trump has dropped more bombs and missiles on Middle Eastern countries in a comparable period of time than any modern U.S. president. Presidents Bush, Obama, and now that was back in 2017, Trump have dropped nearly 200,000 bombs and missiles on Iraq, Afghanistan, Syria, Libya, Pakistan, Yemen, and Somalia. Trump's rate of bombing eclipses both Bush and Obama, and Trump is on a pace to drop over 100,000, 180,000 to be precise, bombs and missiles on Middle Eastern countries during his first term of office, which would equal the number of bombs and missiles bombs and missiles dropped by Obama during his entire eight-year presidency. Okay, did you get that? Let that sink in. Trump is on a pace, okay, that if he continues this again, to drop more bombs than Obama would have dropped in eight years that he would do in four. Okay, and then Baldwin goes on. Here's more perspective. The United States government under the Trump administration reportedly drops a bomb every 12 minutes which means that 121 bombs are dropped in a day and 44,096 bombs per year. The Pentagon's data show that during George W. Bush's eight years, he averaged 24 bombs to drop per day. That is 8,750 per year. Over the course of Obama's time in office, his military, his military dropped 34 bombs per day, or 12,500 per year. This shows that even though American presidents are all war criminals, Trump is the most vicious of them all. 
And then Baldwin goes on to say Trump is dropping almost four times more bombs than Barack Obama and over five times more bombs than George W. Bush, which include military invasions of two countries. We also know that Trump expanded America's wars in Afghanistan and Syria. And, of course, he's not bringing U.S. troops home from Syria. And is ramping up America's war machine against Venezuela, Somalia, China, and Russia. And this does not even take into account the way Trump has given Benjamin Netanyahu's raunchy racist regime the green light to expand its war against Palestinians, Lebanon, Syria, and Iran, or the U.S.-Israeli proxy war, with Saudi Arabia taking the lead in Yemen. And now Donald Trump is escalating the war, the potential for war with Iran. Six point by Baldwin. Trump, Donald Trump emphatically promised to build a wall on the U.S.-Mexican border, which Mexico would pay for. Well, I covered that one already. Baldwin went on. He did have he did have some great facts, though. He did have some great facts here. Okay, uh, but Trump's lie is not simply about the wall; it's about the entire phony facade that he truly wants to stop illegal immigration. It is all a lie. Americans for Legal Immigration PAC, ALIPAC, recently reported the stark truth about Donald Trump's record on illegal immigration. And like most of the things, the truth is, is exactly opposite Trump's rhetoric. ALIPAC, again, the Americans for Legal Immigration, produced a factual record of Trump's immigration policies. ALIPAC documents show, or ALIPAC documents show Trump hasn't reduced legal immigration levels like he said he would. Instead, he's raised them. Okay, you get that? Trump has raised legal immigration. Again, so when he hit all that rhetoric while running about protecting U.S. jobs, of course, that was complete trash. That Trump promised to stop illegal caravans, but instead he has allowed them to enter the U.S. and has, has even supplied transportation for many of these illegals at ta- taxpayer expense, of course. That Trump promised to end Obama's DACA amnesty, but he has not ended DACA. That he promised to oppose amnesty for illegals, but he and his son-in-law, Jared Kushner, have cut a deal with Democrats to actually increase the number of illegals receiving amnesty. That he promised to end birthright citizenship, but hasn't done it. That he promised to end sanctuary cities, but hasn't done it. That Trump promised to end the catch and release of illegals, but not only has he not ended the process, he has increased the practice. And then Chuck Baldwin goes on to quote Alipac President William Gein. Trump's border wall promise remains 90% broken because a wall will not work as long as Border Patrol catches and releases illegals and escorts them into the USA. Gein continued, he went on to say, as you can see from these 10 painful facts above, read his article, President Donald J. Trump is conducting the largest fraud ever committed upon the American public. We thought we were electing another Dwight D. Eisenhower because Eisenhower, under Operation Wetback, deported well over a million illegal Mexicans, illegal alien Mexicans. We thought we were electing another uh, President Dwight D. Eisenhower, but we got another G.W. Bush because Trump's immigration policies and legislative agenda are very similar to the Bush administration. We need all Americans to come to terms with these betrayals and begin to organize rapidly to defend against these policies and the new legislative amnesty push coming from the White House. With lifelong Democrats like Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump running the show in the White House and espousing plans to run for president as Democrats one day makes many of us wonder, was Trump ever really a Republican at all, merely an actor playing the role of Judas Goat leaning conservatives toward doom? And I would I would suggest, if uh, you caught the beginning of the show, is that uh, it doesn't matter. I, obviously, yeah, Gein doesn't get that. He believes that the two parties are different, they're different in rhetoric. Uh, it's the same agenda. Trump lied. Trump said he would release documents investigating 9-11. Of course, that was another one of Trump's monster fibs. He knows 9-11 was not carried out by 19 Muslim hijackers. Uh, (laughs) Trump never intended to investigate 9-11. It was all a ruse to fool conservatives and get elected. Eighth point. Trump said he loathed government whistleblower Julian Assange and called WikiLeaks amazing. Now that Assange has been arrested by British authorities after Ecuador stripped him of his political asylum and his citizenship was suspended, Trump declared, I know nothing about WikiLeaks. It's not my thing. And now Trump is going to sit back. It is happening now, people, and let the U.S. government and its allies in Europe torture and murder Assange for having the gust to blow the whistle on the U.S. government's illegal spying on the the American people. Assange is an interesting character. I did a show last month on him, and 
it's quite possible Assange was manipulated and then, or even a uh, an agent, really, of the deep state, or at least manipulated, and they then disposed of him when he they were done with him. But I think Assange most likely did legitimately ob- uh, uh, upset the New World Order enough, in spite of the fact he was, I think, used by them. But in any case, this whole thing with Trump and Assange, this is another classic example of just what a horrible, filthy liar Trump is. Here's Trump after, uh, right after Assange was arrested. This is this is classic Trump. This is classic Trump. Uh, I know nothing about WikiLeaks. It's not my thing. And uh, I know there is something having to do with uh, Julian Assange. I've, I've been seeing what's happened with uh, Assange, and uh, that will be a determination, I would imagine, mostly by the Attorney General, who's doing an excellent job. So he'll be making a uh, determination. I know nothing really about him. It's not my not my deal in life. And there's another life thrown in there when he talks about his attorney general being uh, a great person and doing a great job. His attorney general is anti-gun. His attorney general is definitely for gun control. He's a very dangerous person. But uh, let's look at what Trump said uh, numerous times on the campaign trail. Again, this this is perhaps right along with the wall the most egregious example of what a filthy, yeah, uncontrollable liar Donald Trump is and why no one should trust him. All right, I want to take you back to the 2016 campaign that we were just talking about. Donald Trump referenced WikiLeaks some 141 times. Just in his final month of campaigning, here's every one of them. WikiLeaks. WikiLeaks. And WikiLeaks. 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 That came out on WikiLeaks. 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 Boy, I love reading those WikiLeaks. 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 WikiLeaks, right? WikiLeaks. 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 That's WikiLeaks. Did you see on WikiLeaks? On WikiLeaks. 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 And WikiLeaks. 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 So it came out through WikiLeaks. 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 WikiLeaks is fascinating. The WikiLeaks revelations. WikiLeaks. 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 WikiLeaks.
ninth point by Chuck Baldwin, Trump promised the American people that he would be the greatest pro-Second American president the country has ever seen. I touched on that already. Since becoming president, however, Donald Trump has foisted more gun control laws on the American people than Barack Obama. That is true. Trump signed the worthless bump stock ban into law. Trump repeatedly says that he's open to siding with Democrats and supporting additional gun control legislation. He actually had a little sum with the Democrats. He said he was for an omnibus type gun control law. Yes, he did say that. There with Dianne Feinstein and the other criminals. Plus, Trump is enthusiastically championing, along with Republicans Marco Rubio and Lindsey Graham, one of the most, if not the most, dangerous draconian and downright Stalinist gun control laws that ever be proposed in the U.S. Red flag confiscation gun laws. Red flag confiscation gun laws. Trump's emphatic call for law enforcement to take the guns first and go through due process second, which is uh, another colossal lie. I think Trump knows that that's a lie. You don't have due process if the guns are taken first, incidentally. But Trump's emphatic call for law enforcement to take the guns first and go through due process second uh, states that the District of Columbia uh, have passed these communist red flag, 15 states and the District of Columbia have passed these communist red flag laws, and thousands of innocent Americans who did not commit a crime, did not threaten to commit a crime, were not accused of committing a crime, and without a hearing, without a trial, without any constitutional process, have already had their guns confiscated by police. And who is the real, who is the chief promoter of these unconstitutional gun confiscations? President Donald J. Trump. <laughs> And then uh, Trump, and then Baldwin goes on to say Trump promised to make America great. Uh, need I really say more in light of what he has already done? Uh, when you look at yeah, spending more money than Barack Hussein Obama, killing more innocents, dropping more bombs than Barack Hussein Obama, lying about the wall when the wall isn't even needed to solve the problem of illegal immigration, which Trump, apart from the wall that isn't being built in Mexico and never will pay for, apart from that, Trump has yeah fostered and encouraged and facilitated illegal immigration. Trump passing more gun control laws than Barack Hussein Obama. Uh, Donald J. Trump is a liar, but once again, that's a simple matter of fact. But my real question is, as I start out the program, what does this say about the electorate? Um, This says that people who care to vote are incredibly, incredibly gullible manipulated, sad to say. How much could the people take? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, you look at Obama, and it fascinated me when, you know, your hardcore Democrats and leftists, in spite of Obama, basically, uh, not just taking away our civil liberties, which every president does, but then also expanding illegal wars. There's nothing said. Not, you know, virtually no opposition from the so-called left. And now we have the so-called right, Trump blatantly lying on all these key issues. Again, the candidate Trump doesn't exist anymore. He's gone. We don't know where he is. I don't think he's coming back. How much can the people take? You've been listening to the KRP radio show, Keeping Real with Miller. Once again, thank Poggi Miller for the opportunity to be this host, to be a guest host once a month. I will hope to be back then. Next month, Lord willing, last Friday night in June will be June 28th. You've been listening again to the KIRP radio show. Once again, that is Keeping It Real with Pudgy Miller. Have a great night, and do not let yourself be manipulated by the two-party system or any politician, including the prevaricator-in-chief, Donald J. Trump. KIRP radio!